0: I just want to say thank you to the worship team again. I barely ever do this, but aren't y'all so thankful to have a worship team week in and week out, so talented leading us in worship. I'm so thankful for Logan and her leadership over this team, and it's just so cool um, to have them up here every week. So y'all just give them a hand for us tonight for what they've done for the Lord. Uh, They work hard. They're here a lot practicing and getting ready, so I'm so thankful for the gift that they've all been given to lead us worship. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and get it. Um, go ahead and kind of turn to the New Testament. We're going to be all over scripture today. We got a lot to cover. It's the last one of the, of the year, last impact of the year. So I want to make sure we get as much in as we possibly can without overwhelming you tonight. And as I said, it's the last impact of 2020. I want you to for a second just to think back. I need to think back to January, what life was like, what impact, what Wednesday nights were like. Think through to March, things got a little different. Think through to the summer, we were online for 17 straight weeks on Wednesday night. That was exhausting. We were finally able to open back up in September with no clue how long that would last. But the Lord's been good. The Lord has been faithful. And we're sitting here separated with masks on. But three months later, we're still gathering together. And we're still praying that over 2021, that we'll still be able to gather together, that our numbers will go down, that vaccines will exist, They actually exist now, just got passed through this this week, we will be able to take them, they'll be good for us. And COVID will eventually be no more because I know we are tired of it but we're believing that 2021 is gonna be a big year, just as we believe that 2020 was gonna be a big year. So tonight we're celebrating, we're celebrating what the Lord has still done this year, and we're celebrating going into a new season, praying that the Lord has big things in store for us. And a lot of that's gonna be D-Now. D-Now is gonna be a big opportunity for us as a youth group to kind of just get back together, to get powered back up with the love of Christ. And we're gonna talk through that in just a few minutes, as I said, Buckle in, I know, you, I know you're ready for it. Hang tight with me for a few minutes as we dive into the word. This morning, I have a, me- or this morning, tonight, I do have a message for you that I'm really excited about. Who in here has heard the song, Little Drummer Boy? Yeah, we, we, we've all heard this song, Little Drummer Boy. Well, most of us have heard it before. It's a kind of bizarre song. I think I was talking with Dalton this past week, and he said he was looking throughout scripture for a long time as a, as a kid to try to find this story. But it actually doesn't exist. It's just a song that is written about this little kid who brings a drum to the birth of Jesus. And if you don't know the song, I want to uh, give you a beautiful rendition by my favorite TV show, The Office. So just check out this little short clip of Little Drummer Boy sung by Miss Angela Martin. I played my drum for him. I played my best for him. I love Dwight doing the drums with his mouth right there. It's actually Angela's favorite song of all time, not just her favorite Christmas song, her favorite song. And my wife actually hates this song. Her brother does too. I don't, they just hate it. They despise this song with a passion. But I actually like it. Who, who actually likes this song, Little Drummer Boy? A few of y'all. There's some good versions of it. But I think it's a cool story. Because it's this little boy who comes to the birth of Jesus. Not actually. It's a fictitious story of this little boy coming. And he has nothing to give besides a little beat on his drum. He's trying to give the, the best things that he can to King Jesus. And there's a line in the song that says, our finest gifts we bring to lay before the king. And tonight, I've titled this message, Our Finest Gifts We Bring, talking through what we are going to bring to Jesus this season. And tonight, I wanted to ask you a question, and I have a few questions for you. You're gonna be, there's gonna be a lot of back and forth tonight, so be ready to talk to me, to raise your hand and just blurt out some answers A lot of times at Christmas you get the question, what is the greatest gift you've ever received? And you go about it and you talk about it a lot. But I want to hear from you, what is the greatest gift that you have ever given? What's the best gift you've ever given? Like two or three words, just blurt it out. Do y'all give gifts? Just blurt it out, tell me. A gift, thanks Palmer. AirPods, you've given AirPods to somebody? To your mom, okay? Who, literally, nobody gives gifts? I'm kind of embarrassed for y'all. You give yourselves? Basketball championship? Basketball tickets, okay? Here's Here's a big one. Who has never given a gift to anybody for Christmas? sixth grade guys you give gifts with your own money okay 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 y'all have given some gifts hey okay, y'all listen focus in focus in i love the feeling of having a gift for somebody else that you were excited about that you know that they're going to love elizabeth and i sometimes don't even make it to christmas day before we open up our gifts because we're so excited to give them to one another but there's one gift that I i gave that I was incredibly excited for. Hold on the picture for me. Hold out for just one second. Um, but it was a special thing that I gave to my wife seven years ago, and it was this ring up on screen that you'll see in just three, two. There it is. That little that little diamond ring that was on my little college student budget. Elizabeth and I had been dating for about a year, 13 months or so, and I knew it was time to. pop the question, and I ask her to marry me. And uh, guys in the room, it's a a long process. It's not just like, hey, I'm going to go get on a knee, and that's going to be the process. You talk about it a lot. Another thing you have to do is if you are a good southern gentleman, you go and you talk to the father of the girl you were dating. So I remember that day very vividly. It was a Saturday morning, and I was going to go down all the way from uh, East Tennessee to South Alabama to Dothan to talk to Mr. Brent Murray about asking him to marry his daughter. It's a five-hour ride down there, five-hour ride back. And as soon as I got in the car that morning, the song Rude by Magic started playing. I don't know if y'all know the song Rude, but it's about a guy who asked for a girl's hand in marriage, and the father says no. That was the first song that played on the radio on my journey down to Dothan. So that was a great start. But I got down there, I had a conversation with Mr. Murray, and it went very well. It was actually like a 10-minute conversation, if that. And I got right back in the car and drove home. Really long day, but it was something that needed to happen. And then I got a, a diamond from one of my grandmother's rings, and we took it and we got it placed in the solitaire band that Elizabeth still has today. She's probably not actually wearing it. She she wears silicone sometimes, you know. It would have been great for you to wear it tonight, dear. Um, and I remember the night. <laughs> sorry, I'm not throwing shade. I love you. I was laying in my bed one night and. I was I was thinking through how am I going to propose to this girl, and the idea came to me about 2:30 a.m., like all good ideas do. And I went and wrote them on my notepad and my phone. And then the day came, and I got to propose to her. I told her we were going to go to a worship service that my friend was leading at, so she'd get dressed up and I'll get her nails all did and stuff. And we went out to my friend's house that was on a lake, and I had some special dates on some signs of we started dating whenever we, we said well, I love you and all this stuff. And we got there and then there was a Ben Rector song playing, if you know, you know. And we walked out and we kind of danced and I got one knee and I gave her the ring and asked her if she'd made it me. It was a really cool moment. And a lot of girls love the ring, but there's more to it. Elizabeth didn't just love the ring because it was a really pretty ring. She loved the meaning behind the ring, the meaning behind the gift, what this ring symbolized, us spending eternity, eternity spending the rest of our lives together. We're not Mormons, spending the rest of this life here together. But I was so thankful to give her that gift, and I know she loved it and cherished it. And tonight we're going to look at a few people that the story of Scripture who brought gifts to Jesus, who brought things before the King. And whenever you think of a nativity set, whenever you think of the nativity scene, who are some characters that you immediately think of? Let me: Mary, Jesus, sheep, the donkey, Joseph, camels the wise men angel star who what shepherds tonight <laughs> thanks right yeah rice y'all focus in tonight i want to look at three main characters about giving. Here's that, here's that traditional Christmas story, this, this scene, this nativity. Let's get into it. Y'all focus with me. Favorite Bible is Luke 2 is where we're going to be tonight. It'll also be up on the screens. But we're going look to at, look at the shepherds first. It says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made, made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it and wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them." First thing I want you to see tonight about these people that were giving gifts to Jesus is that the shepherds gave their stories. They gave their words. They they recounted this story of Jesus. When we think of the shepherds, we think of the, the phrase, the shepherds were keeping over the, f- what? Somebody say it. Watching over their frogs by night. That just completely left my brain. But we dive a little bit deeper. The shepherds were firsthand there. They witnessed, I don't think they witnessed the birth, but they were there immediately after. They knew that Jesus had been born in this manger an incredible thing for them to be a part of and one of the biggest gifts that they could have given was to go and tell other people about this story to go and to tell other people about this miracle that they had witnessed firsthand i'm gonna get a little bit non-biblical for a second what is your favorite mexican restaurant in montgomery Man, I talk about gift-giving, and y'all go silent. I say Mexican food, and y'all go crazy. I heard Seoul. I heard San Marcos. and We used to be a San Marcos family. We live out in Pike Road, and you know, you know that San Marcos out in Pike Road, right? If y'all focus in, I have something really profound to share with you. If you don't know, I've heard some of these over here say it. There's a little Mexican restaurant on Taylor Road called El Taco Shop. I did not know the glory of El Taco Shop until last December. I went and experienced it, my life has never been the same since, right? If you know that, you know how good it is. Those steak tacos, that cheese dip, and actually Blair Davenport, where are you at? See, he's here. He told me about these things called their soft chips this summer, and I started having their soft chips and some queso and some steak tacos, and man, those things are the best tacos you will ever have. I guarantee you. Those of you who said soul, you were wrong. You said San Marcos, you were definitely wrong. If you said a Jalapenos, you're just get out of here, right? El Taco Shop is the way to go. Somebody told me about it. I experienced its greatness and I had to tell others. I'm telling you right now, whenever people come and visit us in town, the first place we take them is either Sweet Creek or El Taco Shop. We love to let them experience the goodness of this food. Catch with me for a second. The shepherds experienced this greatness, right? The story of Jesus. So they could not hold the story in. They had to go and tell others who then experienced it and told others who experienced it, who exponentially told more people and now we know about it, right? The shepherds gave the stories. That's one of the best things that they could have done for the Christmas story in general. But what is your role in this? because I truly believe once you experience the grace and the goodness of God, your life is never the same. You will have a life changing experience. And if you have not had that yet, I pray that you will experience Jesus truly one day. Maybe it be tonight, maybe it be one time next semester, maybe it be at D now next year. But once you experience Jesus in a profound way, your life is never the same. And you want to tell people about it. Do you show Jesus by your actions? That's a great way to tell the story of Jesus. Are you more selfish or are you more selfless? Selfish is more of that secular idea of Christmas. Selfish, Selflessness is more of that Christ-like idea of Christmas. That's how you tell your story. How do you treat those that are not in your friend circle? Or how do you treat those in your friend circle? That's a great way to tell a story. And then lastly is if you ever actually told somebody about Jesus, about how God changed your life through this experience and how your life has never been the same. The shepherds didn't. These guys, whose job was to watch sheep, if they can do it, then I guarantee you that you can do it. But the shepherds aren't the only ones that we see in this nativity scene. The second one is the wise men, the magi, the kings, whatever you want to call them. And the wise men gave their worship. In Matthew 2, it's going back a little bit from Luke 10 through 12, it says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. One thing that's important to know is that the wise men weren't at the actual birth of Jesus. We see this nativity scene of these wise men here with these gifts. They weren't there. The scripture says they arrived at a house. It could be weeks. It could be months. It could even been years after the birth of Jesus that these wise men actually came. We aren't 100% sure, but we do know that they came to give these gifts. And as we talked about last week, there was this king named Herod who was really fearful. He, He did not want to lose his power as king, and he was scared of this newborn baby king that was going to overthrow him as king one day. So he put in this decree to kill all infants, males, in order to try to stop this from happening. Pretty harsh in and of itself. He wanted to be worshiped. Herod was all about me, me, me. But these wise men, these kings, these magi, whatever they were, they were all about the worship of Jesus. They traveled miles upon miles upon miles to get there to not be worshiped, but to worship Jesus. And how did they do that? They worshiped through these three gifts. We, we know these three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but they're very symbolic in and of themselves. And I think they have some worship behind them gold you know what gold is it's an extremely valuable and precious metal very rare very expensive and it's not just a gift that you would give to a normal person it's usually for a person in nobility and royalty gold was a gift that you would specifically give to a king then we jump ahead to this thing called frankincense it's actually a resin, a, a kind of kind of sap coming from this specific tree. If you want to modernize it, kind of like essential oils, just this fragrance. It was used to make perfumes and also had some medicinal uses. But what was special about frankincense is it was used to give to deities, gods. Frankincense was a gift for a god. But then we get to this last gift, myrrh, the one's kind of bizarre. Also a resin from a different plant, essential oily in and of itself. It was a pers- perfume, but it was also used to preserve dead bodies. We get, what, and I, I feel that, I just, We get this gift about, given to a king. We get a gift given to gods. Then we get this gift of myrrh that is about death. Giving that to a baby, that sounds kind of morbid, in and of itself. I want you to think about yourself for, A second. How are you giving your worship to God this season? Because I think the most important thing that we can give to God this season is ourself on the altar as a living sacrifice, saying the prayer that Mary said last week, saying the prayers of the prophet Isaiah, God, here I am, send me. God, you are good. You are the only one worthy of our praise. This is the posture that we need to be in this Christmas season: a posture of worship, a posture of saying, here. I am. I love the scriptures in Psalm 150 where it says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with the trumpet, praise him with the lutes, praise him with a tambourine and dance, praise him with strings and pipe, praise him with sounding cymbals, praise him with loud and clashing cymbals, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. What is the common theme in that passage? Praise, praise the Lord. And why do we praise him? because he humbled himself, because he came for us. And I think it actually comes back to myrrh. Myrrh was a gift to preserve the dead. There was a prophecy foretold about a child who would come save our sins and would eventually die. That was the significance of myrrh within the story. And I think the last thing I want us to look at tonight is we've been looking at gifts that we give to God, but I think the most important thing you need to understand tonight is on that first Christmas, God gave us everything. God gave us everything. He came through the way of a baby. Who in here has a baby brother or a baby sister? Probably not a lot of you, but there are some babies within the family, and you know that these babies are uh, kind of hard to take care of. So before we get a little bit deeper, I want us to play a quick game called, Who's that baby, okay? There's going to be some babies up on screen and you have to tell me which babies they are. Who is this baby? Who's this baby right here? It's actually Logan. That's her twin sister Lawson. I didn't know which one was Logan. Apparently it's very clear. I just didn't know which one was Logan, but that's that's Logan. Who's the next one? Who's this baby? That's actually Harry Styles, (laughs) yeah, Mr. Dresswear himself. What's the next one? Who's this? Okay, okay. Santa Montana. Next one. Look at that mullet. (laughs) It's really pretty. Who's this one? Y'all already know these. Y'all are cheating. You get back. You get back. That's obvious. Y'all know that was Selena? Yeah? She's ugly? Oh, obvious. I'm like, don't call baby ugly. You better not call this next one ugly. Who's this one? Judah? That's not Judah. It says 93. That was the year I was born. That's the little baby Tyler. Pretty cute, right? Is it cute? My mom says I'm cute. You better say to that baby, it's cute. Thanks, Andrew. Y'all focus in on me for for two, three minutes. Jesus willingly took on the form of a baby. Babies don't do anything. Babies are really cute, but they are very needy. Jesus chose to humble himself, to come and take on the form of a man. And in order to do that, he had to experience the whole human life, which starts as a baby. He came as this little baby for you. He gave you everything from the beginning. He gave you everything by just simply coming here to the earth. And think about this for a second. Think about heaven. Think about the most perfect, divine place you could ever imagine. Jesus was there. Jesus has been with us since the beginning of time. Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, three in one. Jesus has always existed. But Jesus left that place in heaven, that divinity that he was in, the perfection, in order to come here as a human. Y'all are humans. Y'all know the struggles of being humans. Y'all know this thing in your head, this brain that sometimes just gives you problems. You cannot stop thinking about things that you should not. You deal with depression. You deal with anxiety. You deal with harmful thoughts just because of the brain. You deal with your body. You deal with aches. You deal with pains, especially as you get older. You deal with becoming fat. You deal with being too skinny. This body is a very hard thing to manage. And Jesus humbled himself to come and take on the form of of a human, just like you, just like me, to experience the things we experience, to be tempted with the things that we are tempted with, to struggle with the things that we struggle with, but never giving into them, never sinning, never succumbing to these sins. This shows his perfection and this shows his love for you, that he would leave a high place, a perfect place to come here as a mere little baby. He humbled himself to a baby. He came into the world he created. He constrained himself to a human body, knowing that he would live a short life and eventually die. The gift of myrrh symbolized death. Jesus knew he would die. Jesus knew he would have to die in order to save us. But he would do it again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and he did it just for you. That's the greatest gift that we could ever imagine. The greatest gift that we have been given this Christmas season. There's a passage in John 3 that I know you are aware of. If you've watched a football game, you've seen it on Tim Tebow's eyes. You've seen it in the stands. You've heard people quote it. You've seen it as their senior quotes. For God so loves the world that he gave his only son. Whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Then we go to the next verse that we're not as familiar with. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God sent Jesus here for you. It's a little baby a well, helpless baby live the perfect life. Sinless. You've sinned t- 20 times today. Jesus lived a whole life without it. He had the struggles, he had the temptations, but he never did. He willingly took on a cross, the most painful, excruciating form of death, only to be raised again three days later, fulfilling the prophecy that was foretold in order that we may be reconciled, brought back together to the Father. Those of you who are dealing with sin, who are dealing with addictions and struggles and constraints and chains upon you right now, He died and rose again so that you do not have to live in that anymore. So you don't have to be captive to this body, but you could be loosed from it and live in grace. All you have to do is respond. Guys, tonight, if if you've never experienced Jesus, if this is a new story to you, the whole story of the gospel, I would ask you to come over to talk to one of us, talk to an adult, talk to one of our 412 leaders who are going to be on prayer team tonight and just talk through what it means to be a Christian. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you tonight. So in just a minute, uh, the band, y'all can come on up. We're going to sing on a holy night. We're going to sing about that night that Christ was born, about what he did for us. And then we're going to end with a, with a high note. We're going to end talking through D-NOW 2021, talk through some really exciting things. But don't let this moment pass. If the Lord is prompting you in some way tonight, act upon it. Come talk to us. Respond to that grace, maybe for the first time. I want to pray for us, and then we'll continue with the night. Jesus, thank you so much for coming here to the earth, for taking on the form of a baby, taking on the form of a human. Lord, so that we could know you. God, tonight, we pray that the rest of this night would just be all about you. We pray for students who are on the fence about making this decision to follow you. We pray for students who are struggling with aches, pains, addictions, anxieties, depressions, with sin, whether they may tonight lay them at their altar and give you their worship. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray.